Big Fluff. Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters, a collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Joe, so let me just say, this is something right now that we're doing currently in real time that we've never, ever done before. Uh, okay. We're recording... In the morning. What? <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah, we're, it is kind of crazy. We've got coffee and donuts, and we're mm-hmm. recording in the morning. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, it, it feels kind of nice to, uh, I don't know, try something, shake, shake it off a little bit, mm-hmm. and try mm-hmm. something new. Yeah. So Agreed. So, uh, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Chris. And good morning, you curiosos. Yes, good morning. <laughs> so, well, I, I gotta say, there's gotta be some of our listeners that listen to us in the morning, right? Probably. Yeah, probably a so. handful, like on their way to work yeah. or the gym or something like that. Yeah. What People go to the gym in the morning? Uh, some people do. It's That's... weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I've no, tried. I tried that. I did. I tried that one time and I was like, I just, yeah. No. I was I'm, like, no, this is not for I'm me. I'm an after work gym person. Yeah. yeah. I'll stick with that. Right. So uh, anyway, today mm-hmm. we have a, a special episode, Joe. Yeah. I So <laughs> when you told me about it and I had to pick uh, my... My topics, my mm-hmm. subjects. These things are not technically mythical items. Right. That means some of them are actually, they actually tangibly existed. Mm-hmm. And they're not mystical, per se. I don't know. They're like... Or some mystical? They're like magical. They're like D&D magical items, <laughs> okay. but real world. Okay. All right. Let's go with that, then. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to call them. But you know what? I, I just... I kind of was like, let's do a throwback, right? Because mm-hmm. we used to do these kind of episodes all the time where we'd pick five of this thing or mm-hmm. 10 of this thing. And, and we, you know, we would go and discuss them like a list. Right, right. You know, like we're doing an audio listicle. <laughs> sure. As opposed to an audio testicle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which nice. just sounds like bloop. <laughs> yep. Thud. <laughs> anyway, I'm so sorry about that joke. I apologize. It's all right. I'm now feeling it's... saucy this morning. Yes, apparently. <laughs> So I picked two things, you picked two things. Right. We're going to go through them and uh, talk about them. Right. And I'm just going to say, got a little extra bonus there. Wound up actually having three because two of them are very similar. Okay. So I just so we're going to have a little bonus. So uh, I guess this is technically going to be a list of five. Sure. Five real world D&D magical items. Mystical, magical, mysterious. Mystical. Yeah, we're going to take them on tour, and it'll be the Magical Mystery Tour. Sweet. All right. No, I don't know, Joe. Let's go. Go ahead. What do you... uh, You want to do one first, sir? Yeah, let's do a nice and easy one. Dried cats. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I, I picked this one specifically because I do have a couple... I've got a dried bird. Right, I see it. Yeah, that's nice, uh, that's know. in a dome. Squawk, oh, squawk, don't squawk. make it move! It's it's you're rattling it around <laughs> in the cage. And my lovely cat skull. Yeah, I see it. Um, I used to have a a cat skull that had a lot more tissue mm-hmm. and like an ear. Right. But it's probably packed away somewhere still in the basement. Yeah, let's leave it there. But I do have my cat skull, so this is this is part of that. No, I got a question for you. It has a nice patina to it. It does. Is, did you did you like bleach it and all that, or did you just no, let is, it? This is natural, au natural. So this is just like buried and dug up. Yep. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, not dug up. No, no. This is 
This I got when I used to work at the housing department. Okay. And we had to gut out buildings and stuff that were being demolished. Right. A lot of animals, especially during the winter, will go in after things like birds and rats and meeses. And some get stuck. Some are sick. They die. This feline was crushed partially Uh between a wall and passed away. Right. And it sat there for God knows how long, because by the time I was sent there with the crew uh, that I was with to tear all the stuff out and get mm-hmm. all the junk out, I found this just pristine cat head, cat skull, right. sands the lower jaw. But yeah, I put it in my pocket and took it home. Joe, I know you're, you're talking about, you know, the cats and everything, but this is uh, the cats in the cradle and all that stuff. I, can I, do you mind if I just interject with this little story? Sure. Because it's about bones and it just made me think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, my old partner, uh, sideshow partner Darren and I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we used to uh, we used to work together at one of the big bigs box bigs box bigs box retail stores. Mm-hmm. So when we when we worked there, we were tasked at one time to go up to the roof and hang a giant banner across the front for some kind of Labor Day sale or whatever. Right, of course. So you know, we climb up onto the roof, and you know, this is through one of those little like holes the hatch you know, the hatch yeah. through the roof mm-hmm. we go up there and we're carrying this banner up and we go up and of course we live on the east coast in baltimore so there's just you know in parking lots like this there are seagulls just mm. everywhere flying over the top because we're close to the water you know right, very right. close to the chesapeake bay and whatnot so right. it's not weird for them to roost on top of big box store buildings you know? right and also in the big box store that you guys worked at there was i think a Vendor of foods or something outside the front door. Oh, yeah. Seagulls, yeah. they swarm like flies near anything like that. Right. You know, anything, any place that makes French fries that they can steal. <laughs> right. So Specifically we go up, French fries. We go up to the roof and there's just bones, like bird bones littered all over the place. Mm. And uh, Darren turns to me and goes, man, who's eating all this fried chicken up here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> oh, Oh, that was, whoo, nice. that was funny. Yeah, I still think about that and laugh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Joe, <laughs> okay. tell me more about your <laughs> my dried <deceased> cats. cats. <laughs> okay, so dried cats, they were thought to ward off evil spirits and as sort of good luck charms. Okay, kind of like mummified cats? Yeah, yeah, so... I feel like you're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually found in the British Isles, Northern Europe... North America, and as far as Tasmania and Australia. But it's believed to have originated in Rome and Britain. So the belief is that these cats are like a, kind of like a blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought that cats had the sixth sense so they could see dead people and spirits and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was thought that with their sixth sense and their psychic abilities, they could ward off unwanted spirits. Most accounts have that the cats were usually (laughs) walled in to a structure on purpose. So say you're building a house or you have a house. Right. Right. And you don't want any evil spirits. Mm -hmm. You would either take a live cat or a dead cat, because there have been accounts for both, and stick it in like an attic space. Uh, So you're saying like you would cask of Amontillado them? It's... Yes. Is that a verb? Can you... <laughs> a cask of a Montaliato. Yeah, isn't that what yes. I said? No. Uh, 
But yeah, you know, Telltale Heart, uh, and you pick any of the Poe stories where he's uh-huh. walled something into some place <laughs> and someone goes crazy. Or put it under the floorboards. Or, yeah, exactly. Or what, what have you. So that's what this was. Mm-hmm. It was basically, yeah, you know, there's there's so many, like like a ring of salt around this or garlic by your door or window to ward off vampires. Like there's so many throughout history of different cultures doing something like this. Right. But this was this one just actually involves either killing or or propping up a dead cat in a weird little crawl space. You don't see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's thought that it would ward off spirits or demons or something. And also ward off things like rats and mises. Because some of these were were posed and propped up with mice or rats or, or dead birds huh. to sort of ward off pests. Oh, okay. So you found your cat... You're the one that you have here on the desk that's staring at me. Right. <laughs> with his lifeless eye sockets. Yep. You you found this actually the same way. Yeah. In a, in a wall. So, yeah, I did find it exactly where they were supposed to be placed. Right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, cats are cats. They will get into anything, anywhere they possibly can. Right. And if you're in an old building and a cat can get behind a wall because it hears a mouse, it's going to do that. It's going to go for it, right. But the thing is, is that if that cat can't find its way back out, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, maybe it catches that one mouse right. in the wall, if it gets stuck and it can't find its way out, it turns into this. Right. You know, it turns into a dried cat mummified thing. That now lives in your wall for a couple hundred years. Yeah, but it's gross. People, uh, they were actually doing it on purpose at yeah. some point in time. Yeah. That's what's, I mean, you know, okay, accidents happen. Right. You know? But. So, if if it didn't happen naturally, what would, what they would do would basically be to dry the cat, mm-hmm. kind of like, like jerky or biltong or, <laughs> you know, in, uh-huh. in salt, basically. Right. Uh, so, they'd pose him, usually in like an attacking Motion. <laughs> I, I want to say that I'm not laughing because of the demise of this cat. That this this theoretical cat that you're. I'm I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> of course. So I just I want know. to let that know in case yes. anyone listens to this and That's, they hear me giggle. Right. I'm just laughing because it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because Chris is a uh, once upon a time vegan, now vegetarian, mostly Presbyterian. Yeah. Right. Pes- pescatarian? I, yeah, I'm pretty eat, much pescatarian now. Yeah, you eat yeah. I've been eating, like, meat. salmon. Yeah, sea meat. Yeah. Um, so Chris doesn't like talking about <laughs> sad little kitties. Some of this stuff dates back to ancient, ancient times. Right, and I'm sure just cats were everywhere. And they still are. Right. The ancient Egyptians used to mummify cats mm-hmm. with, with them. Right. Uh, and just for funsies, they were praised as you know for their skills as hunters. They represented things like justice, fertility, and power. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was a, a symbol to have your cat mummified with you. Right. These dry cat carcasses have been found in homes, structures, walls all over the world. Some date back to four, five hundred years old, mm-hmm. like the cats themselves. So the, the practice has been around for quite a while. Yeah, sounds like it. And as we were talking about earlier, here's just a couple of little accounts um, that I found. This one dates from 1803. Uh, a house in Lothbury in London was being demolished. A dried cat was found between a wall and the wainscoting of a room. It had a rat in its mouth. Hmm. Now, this was just the account that we found this dead, decaying desiccated mm-hmm. 
cat with a rat in its mouth in a wall. Right. Now, does that fall into this category of someone put that there to ward off evil spirits? Or was that just a natural occurring thing where a rat had a, uh, a cat chase him into a wall and they both died? Yeah, I don't know. 1890, a dried cat found in the thatching of a cottage in Somerset when it was pulled down. This cat was pegged to the floor with a very large peg, and it appeared that the cat had a rat's tail in its mouth. Huh. So it was it was posed. Right. So this account, we know, cats don't generally peg themselves to the to the floorboards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taxidermied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, insult. Yeah. Probably. Cats don't generally, like, secure themselves to the flooring with right. tacks and Well, maybe it was a vampire pegs. cat, Joe. Maybe it was. I mean, and that's, they don't say how it was pegged. I know. I, I mean, know. you're just kind of guessing. And then, as you usually do, sort of a dried cat adjacent mm-hmm. thing. So My there's, favorite stuff. Is, I know. I know. It's, it's, and you, you, I spun off from this to my other subject. Right. There are similar talismans, charms, whatever you want to call these, totems, uh-huh. um, things like hidden shoes. Mm-hmm. So same thing. Like in walls. In walls. Deters evil spirits, basically. Right. Witch bottles. What? I'm sorry. What is a witch bottle? Uh, so uh, Because let me just... Uh, all right. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh-huh. because you and I both did demolition at some point in time together. Yeah. Yeah, where we, you know, uh, we knocked down some houses, we knocked down some walls in, uh, in like, some hospitals, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, and frequently would find old Pepsi and Coca Cola and Seven Up bottles and cans and stuff like mm-hmm. that inside the walls. Yeah. Is it kind of like that? Like that? But kind of, yeah. So which bottles were they're put in walls on purpose? Mm-hmm. Little bottles filled with usually pee. Oh, my God. I've definitely found some contractor pee <laughs> oh, in bottles yeah. and walls. Piss bottle, man. Yeah. Or salt water and sometimes wine. Mm-hmm. Then they were filled with things like pins, needles, or nails, as well as usually red thread. Uh-huh. And a lot of this, like, talisman stuff, red thread is a huge through line. Right. But this one, you throw in some red thread and usually rosemary. Then you shake it all up, you seal it, and you put it behind a wall in an attic space somewhere and it's to do the same thing, to ward off evil spirits. Right. Protecting you with yeah. your urine inside a bottle. Sure. We all know that that works. Yeah, some mm-hmm. pea and rosemary and right. some needles and thread. <laughs> so, yeah, that's dried cats. All right, Joe. So I wanted to talk a little bit about something called the Hand of Glory. Oh, yes. Now, you might think that this is something akin to Using the stranger. Using <laughs> Like where yeah. you sit on your hand and you make it go, no, sure. go numb, you know? Yeah. But it's not. It's it's something else entirely. So some of you might know what it is. Uh, others may not. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and start off. Uh, so back before we had the laws that we do today, there were certain laws like Sharia law, Islamic law, and in med- medieval European law. Mm-hmm. They were kind of throwbacks to the Code of Hammurabi. Mm-hmm. The ancient set of laws, the Han- Hammurabi, dates back to 1772 BC and is one of the oldest translated writings in the world. Today, partial copies exist on a stone uh, and clay tablets. They consist of 282 laws with scaled penalties. That is uh, basically the eye for eye, tooth for a tooth kind of thing. Yep. So if you are someone who would steal, Mm -hmm. you would then have your hand taken. The one you stole with. The one you stole with. Right. Usually your predominant hand, right? Yeah, usually. I mean, but that makes more sense because that's the one that you're reaching things with. Right. So if you, you know, if you were to steal, you get it 
chunk, lobbed off. Chink. So consequently, because of this, there's just a lot of dried hands around. <laughs> yeah. Just like you were talking about, you know, how there's cats in walls just kind of dried there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with hands. Just yep. someone would find it, you know, uh, executioner would take the hand, they would take it and dry it, and it would just be around. It's like a talisman or something like that. They would mm. keep it in bars on the mantle and whatnot. But they actually wound up getting this kind of treatment where, you know, these hands were being known as the Hand of Glory. Okay. So there's a there's actually a uh, an old pub named the Haunch of Venison. Huh. Like a haunt, like yeah. you know, like a like a chunk of venison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in England, it's a 684 year old pub, and it's famous for its display of a cursed gambler's hand. The hand was reportedly amputated from a gambler who was caught cheating during a game a few hundred years ago. According to workers at the pub, a butcher chopped off the gambler's hand and threw it into the fireplace. The grisly relic was discovered during the renovation work at the pub in 1911 and was stored in a locked glass case with a pack of 18th century playing cards. And apparently in 2010... Some thieves unscrewed the glass cabinet and stole the criminal's relic. Uh-oh. Yeah. That sucks, man. You have an awesome severed hand that you hang, well, you know, above the mantle and someone comes along and steals it. Yeah, but the stuff I read about the Hand of Glory, don't those guys now have a lot of power? Well, so, yeah, let's get into the actual Hand of Glory itself. Okay. All right, Joe. So the Hand of Glory itself is actually like a powerful magical talisman, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it can be made in a, a few different ways. But I, I'm gonna I'll, I'll read to you one of the one of the favorites that you can use it for. So it can be used for a couple of different things. One of the things that it can be used for is to put to sleep anyone in the house that you're about to rob. Okay. So, but in order to do that, you need to actually light the candle that the hand of glory is either holding. Okay. Sometimes it, the hand of glory is made into a fist. Right, right. As though like a candelabra, where you yes. would put the candle in the middle of it, and then you're holding it, mm-hmm. and it would put to sleep the people inside of the home. Right. So now, other times, when making the hand of glory, each of the each of the fingertips can be itself a candle. Right. Because I, you, I read that you can, you know, you could, that the fats of of, of human tissue can right. be rendered down and put lie with that and stuff and then make mm-hmm. soaps or waxes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, we're talking like uh, some fight club stuff here. Exactly. Right. So you, you light each one of the fingers and if the thumb doesn't light, mm-hmm. then you, you are to know that someone is still awake <gasps> oh. inside the home and or you, you're going to have some trouble stealing from that home. So it's actually some kind of a, a like a crazy thieves tool. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you could also use it as like the the ultimate unlocking tool. Yeah. So like a like using it as a like a lock pick. Yeah. Yeah. Like sort. I I don't know if you touch a finger to a lock and it just and it just unlocks disintegrates. Well, Joe, it is a magical item. I, I know. Mean, you know, and I don't have one, so it might have properties that I don't know about. Okay. Gotcha. You know, I mean, so but no, I mean, it, like I said, it is yes, it's the ultimate thieves tool. Mm. Also, it's been known to uh, to do some other things. So the the candelabra, the the candle candelabra, right? Yeah. Generally, it's also supposed to be used for when you when you light it. Mm-hmm. Only the thief can see. Oh, so other people cannot see the candle. Okay, as well. so they don't see the light. They don't see the light. Right. They only see, well, you only see. Mm-hmm. Like basically, the uh, the magics let the light shine, but no one else can see that light but you. 
So okay. it's kind of like uh, you're in some sort of aura of darkness, okay. if you okay. will. Now, also, that is very similar to something called a Ravenstone. And remember, I had mentioned at the top of the episode mm-hmm. that we had talked about a bonus. So this is, this is that bonus. The Ravenstone, they're a Germanic folklore. Uh, they're a magical light. They're made from undigested eyes of executed criminals. Now, the reason why they're called Ravenstones is because the eyeballs have to be plucked out by a raven when they're, you know, the corpses are hanging on the gallows. Of course, yes. You know, or or what have you. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that that their eyeball, it can't be digested and has to be taken from them. Mm-hmm. And you use that to make a magic talisman that lights up the area, you know, from the criminal's eye. Lights right. up the area so that you can see, mm-hmm. but no one else can see you. Nice. Okay. So nice little nice little bonus. Makes it technically five, Joe. <laughs> five things that we're talking about. Sure. All right, Joe, so do you want to know how to make a hand of glory? Uh, yes, please. Okay. All right, here we go. So now this is, there's a few different ways. Some people talk about the right hand, the left hand. But as we know, when we talked about the left-handed episode, mm-hmm. we know the left hand is sinister. It's the, the hand of the devil. So you can take the right or the left hand of a felon who is hanging from a giblet beside a highway. You want to wrap part of the funeral pall around the hand okay. and squeeze it well until it no longer has blood inside of the hand. Okay. This is really gross, Drain, right? drain blood. You drain, yeah, but you have to squeeze it with the funeral wrap. Okay, so a specific wrap to, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, then it is put into an earthenware vessel Mm-hmm. With not like your 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 mom's like good baking stuff. Yeah, don't don't use a grandma's bean pot. Okay, okay you know what good. I mean. Just just right. any, but any I mean, maybe go to the store get some terracotta something like that. Okay, you yeah, know that'll work. You're supposed to put it in the vessel with zimat, nerite, salt, and some long peppers. Long peppers. Long peppers. Is that like I'm, long pig? I'm thinking like hot peppers. Oh, so but uh, I've also seen where they've mentioned. I don't know what zirite, nerite. I know what salt is. Yeah, I have no but clue. A lot of people think that uh, he was talking about saltpeter. Ah, okay. So, which which would make sense. Mm-hmm. So, you want to leave it in the vessel for a fortnight, then take it out and expose it to a full sunlight during the dog days of summer. Has to be the dog days of summer, Joe, because you need it to be. You really need it to dry out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you want the uh, you want it to be quite dry. Mm-hmm. You want the hand of glory to be quite dry. Now, if the sun isn't quite strong enough. You can put it in an oven wrapped in ferns. Okay, and then low and slow. Low and slow. You kind of really... like, kind of like to to approximate a dehydrator. Yes, which I got one of those for Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, and you can do the same thing in an oven, but you have to crank it all the way down to like the lowest. Yeah, yeah like a hundred temp- degrees. Right. Yeah, right. and a lot of ovens don't even go below two hundred. Right. So, exactly. So, right, which is technically cooking it at that point. Yeah. You know. So I could I could, I could use my oven or my dehydrator to to make, make a hand the... of glory. Yeah. Okay. You just need to find like a you know. The a hand of an executed criminal. All right, which is, that's the hard to come by part. Now. Yeah, I guess you're right. Mm, yeah, you know. Mm. Okay. So uh, next, make a kind of candle from the fat of the gibbeted felon. Now, here's the thing. This is what upsets me. Hmm. You know when they say read all of the instructions first. <laughs> yeah. If you would have just snagged that hand, mm-hmm. you know, off of the felon, and then walked away and didn't get some fat from their side. Uh-huh. I mean, you'd be shit out of luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if Read you... all the instructions, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think if, if you're the kind of person who is like, I need one of those because of, you know, Bill's got one. Right. You know, like, he probably knows at least get a little extra while he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would hope. You would A little, little extra fat. And let's, let's hope that they weren't, like, 
uh, you know, uh, like a emaciated like a, yeah, like swimmer or, or like something. A, you know, a, a runner. Yeah. So now you could also use, however, you could also use virgin wax, which I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> is that wax from a virgin? I do. Look, don't ask, Joe. Don't ask. Okay. Because I don't have the answer. Oh wait, 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 wait. This is just wax that has never been used. I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's like uh, it's like when you take the soap mm-hmm. and, and you just take all the little tiny pieces of soap that you've had like down from the bar and then you mash them all together That's not and virgin make a soap, soap. ball. That that's... is non-virgin soap. Okay. You want virgin soap, just a full, fresh, Cause, yeah, cause nice Yeah, because that's like bar. slut soap. Yeah, that's what, what, what I'm saying. What you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. like, been around the let's block not, soap. Let's not slut say shame. Okay, soap, been around Joe. the block soap? Yeah, I mean, okay. Been there, done Whatever. that soap? But then you also have to add sesame. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, ponty, which um, I, I, only just taking a guess at what that is, uh, we're pretty sure that it's manure. Oh. Yeah. Ponty. Horse manure. Ponty. So, uh, and then you use the hand of glory as a candlestick to hold the candle when lighted. Oh, okay. So, and then, of course, use it for the uh, aforementioned uh, stealing shit from people's houses. <laughs> right. Now, however, I've seen some other recipes for, okay. for this where it also says that you have to use some hair from the from the criminal. Okay. As the wick. Hair doesn't really burn that well. I know, but this is a magical item, Joe. So let's just go with it. You know what I mean? Okay. You have to I mean, use if the criminal was like Raggedy Ann or Andy, yeah, it might burn better, but right. like regular human hair just kind of I guess of if you mix it with I know, and it's melts it's and the stinks. grossest smell. Like like burning hair is the grossest smell, and you would think that if you're in someone's house You're trying you're, to burgle Right, you, you don't, you don't, you don't want you don't burn, the smell of burning hair yeah. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. that's going to draw a little bit of attention. Right. <laughs> all right, Joe, uh, so here is just another way of making a hand of glory. Okay. Uh, so that was the that was the kind of candlestick way. Mm-hmm. Here, Here's the, like, if you're going to turn it into itself, into five-finger candlestick, mm. this is another way where if your hand of glory is like the handelabra. <laughs> the handelabra, I love that. So you would have to, of course, you know, cut... The, the hand off of a criminal. Of course. Like, again, yeah. like we had talked about. Can't right really leave the it colors. on there. And then you would actually pickle the hand. Ooh. And it would be pickled in a brine. Like a dill of, or like mm-hmm. a uh, bread and butter, maybe? Uh, well, actually, it's more like urine pickles, Joe, because you would pickle <laughs> it in uh, your own urine. Okay. As well as urine from a, uh, from, I believe, a donkey and as well oh. a horse. Okay. So this uh, is... And then, of course, salt. And you would pickle that hand. And that's what you would you dry it out afterwards, uh-huh. and that's what you would use for the handelabra. Okay, okay, so kind of like virgin boy eggs. Sure. Okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's basically eggs pickled or brined in virgin boy urine. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Oh, why would anyone eat that? I don't know. Don't. Yeah. I don't. I just, I don't you know, whatever. Peepee <laughs> <laughs> eggs. So, yeah, anyway, I've actually, I remember, did we talk about that during an episode? Probably, yeah. Probably, that is so disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so basically you're picking it, pickling it in urine and salt. Sweet. So Not sweet. Not but, sweet. You no, know. salty. Not sweet and salty either. <laughs> no, no. Just salty. Yeah, not savory at all. <laughs> So yeah, that is a that is a just just a just another way to make a hand of glory. Yes. If you so happen to come by, you know, a hand of a criminal, right? And you need to burgle something, right? That's probably your best method. So Joe, there is actually an antidote for the hand of glory, a way to get people to not be able to enter your house or you know or 
come inside while they're burning the hand of glory. So is it like the the foot of glory? No, no, no. This is completely different. Okay. Uh, this is an ointment that you have to make. You have to smear it on your threshold, your chimney, your window sashes, any potential place where, you know, the thief can get burglar might come inside or santa claus right with with the with your with said hand of glory right right but you have to make the ointment it has to be made of a few different things Mm -hmm. has to be made of the fat of white hens okay the bile of black cats of course and the blood of screech owls and you just you just mix those together yeah you just rub that all over your walls (laughs) yeah and then you'll be okay no one will be able to get into your house with a hand of glory nice so you know just wanted to let you know it's early adt yeah there is a there is a way of combating (laughs) you know the hand of glory just just in case okay all right good to know so that's it uh for my (laughs) hand of glory that's uh yeah well, I think you... That's my hand job, when I'm just sticking to it. <laughs> well, I think you, you, you know, told that pretty handily. Did a, did a good... Yeah. <laughs> did a good did a good job on that hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm done. I'm, I'm out. Move to the next one, please. <laughs> Free State Guitar. At Free State Custom Guitars, our specialty is guitars. Modifications custom paint jobs, logo designs, repairs, and much more. You can now own the guitar you've dreamed of. Check out our signature series, Guitars Made by Musicians for Musicians. Visit us at freestateguitars.com and follow us on Twitter at FreestateGTRS. If you're ready to rock, we're ready to rock with you. <laughs> what what's, seems to be the problem there, Joe? These toothpicks you gave me kind of make my my lips and my tongue go numb. They're so freaking weird, Joe. These... Yeah. Okay, so I could not believe that I spent $20 mm-hmm. on like 100 toothpicks. Well, here, back up, back up. Let's tell the story. If, you, if we're going to talk about them, sure. let's, let's talk about it. Okay. So both Chris and I have quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just recently in this past month of January, we have quit vaping as well. So right. neither one of us... Have any goddamn nicotine in us <laughs> at all? <laughs> That's true. That's true. So uh, you know we're trying to better our lives, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but one of the things that we that I've done is I picked up these toothpicks, and are you <laughs> the sour look on your face? I'm just having a hard time. So they've got you know a few different things, and they're like soaked in like xythol, which is like um, it's like those keto people use uh, like the like sugar alcohol. Yeah, thing. it's like a faux alcohol, right. Sugar thing. Foot, not faux alcohol, faux, faux, sugar. faux sugar. Right, sure, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but then it also has spilanthes in it. And I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Spilanthes is like a South American. Th- so, this has nothing to do with the podcast. I'm just, no, yeah, we just, just kind of want to tell you about it because yeah, yeah. it's making your lips go crazy, it, right? It's, yeah, it's like I'm licking Novocaine. Right. It, it comes from this herb. It's, they either, it's actually like a daisy cousin. Okay. Right. So, they either call them electric daisies. Mm hmm. They call them uh, buzz buzz something? buttons. Buzz buttons. Yeah, buzz buttons. And the the third thing that they call them, it's other AKA alias, is uh, the 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 toothache plant. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's this little tiny kind of like witch hazel. Yeah. So you could you can pluck it and you chew it. You put it up against you know the inside of your where your toothache is, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes the pain go away for oh, a little like, while. Oh, like like mata. 
The the mata tea. Yeah, I mean, there's all different kinds of you know. Well, that's made from coke leaves. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah like cocaine. Yeah, yeah. cocaine tea. <laughs> right. He's gonna right. make some cocaine iced tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like the same kind of thing. It makes it go away. But the spilanthes is, is very experiential. It's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. And anywhere it touches in your mouth, it kind of makes it like go numb. And yeah, it's 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 kind of numb and kind of more like, would you say like. Touching your tongue to a nine volt. Yeah, it is very nine volty. Yeah, that's yeah. why they call it like the electric daisy. Because I mean, you you get a little bit of that sort of numb, like topical, mm-hmm. you know, anesthetic kind of like thing. But no, it because it's in your mouth, mm-hmm. it, it really does feel like like nine volt. Right. Yeah. So let me just say, I have ordered some of these now mm-hmm. for the you know garden in the spring. So I'm going to grow some of these. Apparently, nice. they use them for chili in like. In like Brazil, huh? Yeah, they'll they'll have like buzz button chili or whatever. That's cool. And I I just watched another episode. There's this guy that I really like called um, I don't know. It's called like How to Drink is like the YouTube episode. Uh-huh. And he did like a some sort of thing where he like did a drink that is from the new Star Wars world. Okay, you know, down in uh, Florida or whatever. Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you, you know what I'm talking about, right? I have no effing clue what you're talking about. Are you serious? They, like, down at Disney, uh-huh. they're they have doing a new drink. They have, like, the cantina. Oh, yeah, yeah, the I know that. Recreation of the cantina. Yeah, I know that. Well, I... there's a drink that uh-huh. they have there, and it's called, like, the Fuzzy Tauntaun or something like okay. that. <laughs> and they use these buzz buttons in the, in the froth oh, that they so put on top. That... So you go take a drink, and your lips tingle. Oh, great. And yeah. you just dribble all over yourself. Yeah, he just <laughs> pours out of the side <laughs> of your mouth. So, you know, but I just thought it was really funny because I bought these things, you uh-huh. know, and had no clue what they were until they started. I thought I was having an allergic reaction, <laughs> you know? And then, <laughs> and then also, at like a day later after I had bought these, I had never heard of them before. Right. He was using them in a, you know, in a cocktail that he nice. was kind of like trying to recreate. Oh, so cool, I don't cool. know. I just thought it was sort of weird. So anyway, yeah, but, but you got these to help satiate yourself with yeah. the, the nicotine stuff. Yeah. So if you're, gotcha. if you're looking to, if you're looking to quit and get a uh, nicotine out of your system, man, like these, a nine uh, volt battery. Yeah. These, 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 <laughs> these weird spilanthi toothpicks, man. Let me tell you, got um, my A okay. Right. All right, Chris, let's get back on topic. Let's talk grimoire. Oh, Grimoires. Nick, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this movie. Grimoire. So there's this movie way back in the oldie days called Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Uh-huh. And there's a scene where these kids, are, they go off to this, like, graveyard or something, and they're trying to raise the dead, uh, like you do when you're a kid. Yeah. And the, their leader, their fearless leader, uh, pulls out this tome, and he holds it up, and he's, and he, he's you know, it's, the production values are pretty shoddy right he's looking directly at the camera like side eye like am I, i'm gonna say this correct right and he, and he looked at the camera and he says this is a grimoire and he's looking at the camera <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst production ever but it's hilarious because you say it that way i i'm only saying it because it's silly Are i know it's sure? a grimoire okay all right yeah. good because uh... right it's like <laughs> saying um it's like Florida. it's like it's like saying <laughs> No, that I can't say I know, correctly. Uh, it's like saying a harbinger of doom. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Not, I, I, I specifically am doing it not on purpose. Gotcha. Okay. Or I am on purpose. I am on purpose. Yes, you are on purpose. So this thing is the Galdrabok. It is the Icelandic Book of Magic or the Icelandic Grimoire. 
Mm-hmm. So this is this is only Icelandic magic. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't have other magics in it. Well, and that's that's what we're, <laughs> yes, no. It only it's only Icelandic magic. But that's the thing we were talking about, like the the Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. It is a fake book, right? <laughs> filled with fake spells that doesn't exist. Built on the idea of an H.P. Lovecraft story. This is an actual book. Right. This was written during the Reformation age in Iceland, during the 1500s to 1600s. Mm -hmm. And it was first translated in 1989 to English by a Dr. Stephen Flowers. According to Dr. Flowers, it is one of the very few translated documents dedicated to this subject matter. Dedicated to... uh, Magic. Magic. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. real magic, like... Living, breathing, real magic. No other document of its comparable age gives so many details about the arcane Germanic gods, cosmology, and magical practices. Mm-hmm. The manuscript doesn't represent a like a comprehensive composition, so it's not like a storyline right. per se, but rather a collection of spells. It's like a like a cookbook. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and it seems to be in like random. It's like randomly pieced together. Mm -hmm. And there's a good reason for that. The current version was written by four different scribes over a period of around 100 years. So the the first magician who was like the the first working magician in Iceland in the late 1600s wrote the spells between 1 and 10. So he wrote the first 10 spells. Mm Mm-hmm. It was then passed to the second person, which I'm not really sure if he's a scribe or magician, but he wrote the spells 11 through 39. So when you're writing a grimoire <laughs> and you're writing, you know, spells 11 through 39 into the book. Well, I don't. Yeah. Are you just making stuff up? Right? I don't know. Or, or, or like, have you tried, tr- true, tried and tested these I, spells and you are sure that the, I mean, like, well, it's you like, had to at least done it once, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, wow, that worked, so I'm going to let somebody else know. Well, like you were saying with a cookbook. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just release a cookbook based on what you think might work in a kitchen. Yeah. You have to try the recipe. You have to see if it works. If you're cooking a six-minute jammy egg, you've <laughs> got to cook that six-minute jammy egg a couple of different times. Right. You just don't cook it once and say, boy, that's a six-minute jammy egg for my ramen. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you know I, I've... How many times have I made scotch eggs? Right. But there are so many different recipes for scotch eggs. Mm-hmm. I found one that I, that was the first time I tried it. It worked out okay. I tweaked it a little bit more. And that's the ones that I make now. You know, but you can't just, uh, let's mix this, this, and this, and this, and then spread it out into the world and hope it works. Right. You have to try it. Yeah. So I'm assuming these guys at least tried these spells at least once. <laughs> at least. It had, least. had to be at least once. At least. The third Icelandic scribe added spells 40 to 44. This grimoire writer, or Galdramadur, I think I'm saying that right? Yeah. Um, oh, dude. I in, in my next thing coming up, I'm, I'm staring at this one word, mm-hmm. regretting the fact that I'm going to have to say this out loud. Okay. So I, I understand. So the, the writer of the grimoire, the Galdramadur, he, this one, the third one, wrote in a cursive style of the late 17th century. So this is how they can kind of piece together the timeline of this thing. Mm -hmm. There's different writing styles. Uh, This writer also added a set of references to the older gods and Germanic lore to kind of fill in 
when I say this, it means this. Okay. So it just reference stuff to what he was writing about, right. which is very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Soon after the third scribe, uh, the book was taken to Denmark. It then came to a Danish magician who added spells 44 to 47. Now, the original Galdrabach, that's how many spells there are. There are 47 spells in the book, done. Mm-hmm. Dunsky. Dr. Flowers found that in 1682, the book was acquired by the Danish philologist J.G. Sparfenfelt. Oh, J.G. Sparfenfelt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that guy. Then acquired by the Swedes from 1689 to 1694. Soon after that, the book eventually found its way to the Academy of Science in Stockholm, where it lives today. The, like the original book. The original one. Yeah. This book contains two different kinds of spells. Okay. You can kind of categorize them as just these two different things. One, spells working by the means of prayer formation, kind of invoking the higher power. The magical end is affected indirectly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're, you're, I pray, 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 and it might work. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in an indirect manner. And there's only about it's, eight. We call that Joe. Fake it until you make it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> luck of the draw is what that is. It's called the secret. <laughs> yes. There's only about eight of those spells in the book in total. Okay. That you can kind of pull out to be like just that. Just like prayer spells. Right. Two, the most commonly used spells, which are supposed to work Common, as... Most commonly used by who? <laughs> by whom? In this time oh, and age, okay. <laughs> those commonly used Icelandic spells. Got it. Got Jeez, it. Jeez, Chris. They're supposed to work as a direct expression of the magician's will, mm-hmm. expressed in forms, written, or in sp- spoken formulas. Three of these spells are more like, like recipes for like potions, kind of like natural cures. Okay. You know, like for like a headache or something. Right. You know, like a natural, like you pour this and this and this, drink it and your foot feels better. Yeah. Like like an actual... Do they have that in there? Because, Joe, I don't know if I mentioned <laughs> it, got, but I have gout. You got the gout. <laughs> we Not know. right now, but I mean frequently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you in a flare-up right now? No, I'm okay at the moment. All right, awesome. But I just want to, I want to keep that potion for later. <laughs> right. They've got that. <laughs> right, I'll look. They All might. Right. There are 21 spells that have a predominantly non-Christian or overtly heathen viewpoint, mm-hmm. which, you you know, I mean, this is like, you're talking early 1500s. Mm-hmm. It's only just starting to get into the Icelandic area, the whole Christianity thing. There are also nine spells of a pro-Christian outlook. Okay. So again, right. you can kind of see over 100 years, like, where things have changed. The progression. Yeah. The cool thing is that the Galdrabach uses... The old Icelandic runic forms, uh, I think they're also called staffs, mm-hmm. the, the, the writing styles, and magical signs throughout its pages. There are other runic variations called villavitur or villarunar, and they were used to kind of confuse or to conceal the secret instead of, you know, revealing the full truth or the meaning of the spell. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's just sort of like... Not not necessarily writing it in invisible ink, but like coding. A like cipher. You, yeah, you had to decode yeah. it to actually understand like the real ingredients or the real meaning behind the, the spell. Right. So okay. kind of neat. Yeah. So let's let's break the book open. 
Now, I have here the second revised edition by Dr. Stephen Flowers. Remember, the, the original one was 89, mm-hmm. Right. So most of the book, well, let's say half, half the book, is historic, like Icelandic information about when the Protestant Reformation happened and, you know, the meaning of some of the runes. And it just kind of gives you a lot of information about, like, these 47 little spells. And that's, that's his writing yes. portion. Yeah, right? it's, yeah, and it's a lot of, like, him finding the history and the why and the how, mm-hmm. how, how all this stuff came to be. Midway through the book, you actually have the original Galder book text. Okay. So, and I pulled, I made some little notes here, so because I, I wanted to show you a couple of little spells. So let me get this open here. Oh, are we gonna do them? No, we're not gonna do. do, we, do I mean, I'm I mean, just, you can if you want. I just wanted to show you. So here, so spell twenty-seven is to play a joke on someone. What? Yeah. So he can't hold his food down all day. Oh. Yeah. So you're you're to carve these staves, the the runic forms, uh-huh. on cheese or fish, and have have the the person eat them that you wish to to play the prank on, and whatever he eats that day will be of no use to him. So like you're going to be throwing it up, or yeah, yeah. I, I think you're going to be throwing up all day terrible. or shitting yourself all day. <laughs> I don't know, but it's cool because because here's the here's the neat thing is that spell 28, the next mm-hmm. spell down, right. is the antidote. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> it says yeah. antidote for previous spell. Yeah. <laughs> so. All I was going to do was, uh, I, you know, I mean, I last year for April Fool's Day, I just got a whole bunch of stickers that stay for rectal use only. Yeah, we have them all over the house Yeah, now. so I just put been putting them on everything. But, yeah. you know, I mean, this might be fun, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have it on a, I think someone gave us a, uh, a gift card for chilies. Uh-huh. So we have, for rectal use only, all over that <laughs> gift card. <laughs> so the antidote is, if he does not recover on his own, then give him hot milk and bleached and dried album. Album? Mm. Uh, no, album. Album. Scraped off into it. This is also suitable against life-threatening sicknesses and does not go wrong. Oh, Joe, uh, albumin. Mm-hmm. Had to look it up because uh-huh. I was really curious. Yep. It is the egg white or the protein contained in the egg. Oh, nice. That makes sense then. So here is spell 46, another fun one. This is for farting runes. Oh, God. Dude, this is just a freaking <laughs> Viking practical joke book. <laughs> right? What the? I don't know. There's, I mean, there's some other ones. That I just found some that are just kind of fun. <laughs> there's spell 43 is a spell to keep women quiet. Oh, oh, yep. oh, man. Spell 42 is a spell against hate. Okay. So, good, right. good. But the, the farting rune, come on, that's, that's funny. So write these staves on a white calfskin with your own blood. Rouse your blood from your thigh and say, I carve you eight whatever runes. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, the ass rune. You eight oh. ass runes. Nine Nauru runes. Thirteen per runes, which are to afflict your belly with great shitting and <laughs> shooting pains. Oh, my God. <laughs> and all these may afflict your belly and with very great farting. May your post, which means your bones, may your uh-huh. posts... Split asunder, may your guts burst, may your farting never stop, neither day nor night, may you become as weak as a fiend, Loki, or who has snarled 
at all the gods. In your mightiest name, Lord God, Spirit, Creator, Odin, Pur, and a whole laundry list of gods and creatures, that's who you pray to for all the farting. Okay, so, you know, it doesn't seem as innocuous uh, <laughs> innocuous as you would originally no, no, it seems... said when it was about farting. I, I mean, it really sounds like some deep-bellied... <laughs> yeah, like, like, like you want to put the hurting yeah, on Yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like, you know... Like, I ate... Way too much chili. Icelandic yeah. chili, and now you're going to explode. Yeah, and then the next day I ate Indian food. <laughs> right. You know, like, on Again. top of it. Yeah. So, I found this cool. Uh, spell 47. There's the... Oh, the runes. The runes for it. Or the staves. Staves, runes. Right. How one can get the helm of hiding. And this that, goes back ooh. to your, your D&D yeah. lore-esque stuff. So that's this is where all that stuff came from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I most mean, definitely. All Ger- of these... Old Germanic, Icelandic, Swedish, like all of that stuff comes from there. Yeah. All of it. So if you want the helm of hiding for yourself, you take a hen's egg and put blood into it. I'm not really sure how you do that back then. Unless you crack it open, you know. Oh, and and then pour it in. I guess. Got it. But then here's the thing. Uh, Put blood into it from under your big toe, that's the blood, on your left foot. Okay. Then put the egg under the bird and let it hatch. See what I'm saying? Got it. I don't think they had needles back then. No, no, no. I mean, they had to have, right? I mean... Not that tiny to not rupture it. How would you get it into it? I don't know. You just smear it on the outside? I think so. Yeah, okay. Maybe just roll it around on it. I I don't know. So you have to wait for this this blood chicken to hatch. Right. Then you take the chick that's just hatched and burn it in, oh, God. in oak wood and then put it in a linen bag and carry it on your head. Oh, that's a helmet. The I, linen bag? Can you see through I the linen bag? No. I think this is, you know, the the king's, oh, what is it? The king's gold suit or whatever. Yeah. Like I, he's walking around naked and dude, no one wants to tell him he's naked. I mean... <laughs> Okay. But that's that's the thing. Like, that's how you get, you know, it's basically the, the helmet of invisibility. Right. There's a spell to cause fear. There's a spell to protect against all kinds of evil. I mean, there's, and then there's just some, like, prayers. There's lots of how to get a girlfriend, how mm. to make someone fall in love with you. And some are, some are I think, a little bit better than others. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's partially a recipe book, mm-hmm. partially mm-hmm. a joke book. And partially, you know, like a self-help book. Yeah, exactly. Right. Anyway, past the spell book, there's also an appendix with related spells and and other Germanic magic Mm -hmm. that Dr. Flowers had found. And, you know, some date to, you know, 18, this one's 1880. And this is basically like a a protection spell for your hall. Okay. That you'd carve on the wall kind of thing. Yeah, just it's really really neat, and I th- I found this thing on Amazon for like ten bucks. Yeah. So and it's it's really cool to kind of like look through it and and see all the runes and you know just some of the the things that people believed would help. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's part self help, part recipe book, part well, potion. Yeah, and you have to think like back then, it's not like you couldn't just go to Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And go get a book. This is a book for all of that. Mm-hmm. So weird. Yeah, but very, very interesting, and I thought you guys would like it. If you find a copy, like I said, Amazon, it's worth a look. It's really neat stuff. All right, Joe, so in your grimoire there... Yes, sir. You don't happen to have something called the necropants, do you? No, no. In doing some of the Icelandic research on the Galdrabach, 
I did you, come along. You came across <laughs> some I, necro I came pants. Across the necro pants. <laughs> All right, so there is a specific place where you can see a pair of necro pants. I believe they're a replica because I don't know whether you could actually have necro pants nowadays. But it is the Museum of Icelandic Witchcraft and Sorcery. Well, they may be, may have been grandfathered in. No, they're, no, no. I, I they're, they're a replica. Are they replicas? Yeah. I mean, because there there are museums that have like real shrunken heads. Right. Because they were grandfathered in with certain policies and, and things. Right. So, and I mean, I don't know how well tissue would last. Uh huh. Depending on how old the the necro well, pants I mean, are, they would be like leather. Yeah. You know, so I would think that they would they would last. Yeah, kind of like a well, like an OT. Well, let's. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Let's 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 let's, let's mention what pants. the necro pants are. Yeah. So, uh, so in, in at the museum, uh, they are by far the most infamous piece. Mm. The horrible necro pants. Uh, they date back to the 17th century, and they are they can be read about in the oh, Joe. This is remember when you were like saying Icelandic words and yeah. uh, and you're not sure. Uh-huh. I, I'm just gonna go for it. It's uh, Joe. It's got some things I don't. Lots of consonants. Paul Pajukshvar, Johns Aristonar. Okay, that's the best that I can do. Or the folklore of John Arneson. Okay. Of course, that's the best translation that I could do there, so mm-hmm. I apologize. The necropants are also called the Norbok. Mm. I'll, I'll try to explain this the best that I can. It just looks like the skin of the bottom half of a person. Yeah. It's just literally yeah. like people pants. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, you ever heard the, t- the term debrided? No. So <laughs> when, when they debride flesh... Okay. Uh, usually it's for like burns and, and things like that. So right. what, what would happen is say, like, take my finger, right? Uh-huh. They would cut around here, maybe a little slit here. and then So they would cut around like the base of your knuckle or something, yeah, right? It's the scene in T2 when Arnie takes off the skin of his arm. Right, okay. That's basically debriding, but he takes off all the tissue. Yeah. This is just taking off the the epidermis layer. Right. So there's still meat and stuff it's in like there. It's like pulling it off like a balloon. Yeah. Like a like yeah. pulling a balloon taking the your chicken skin. skin off right. of your chicken. Right. Got so it. So you're debriding, so degloving. <laughs> yeah, this the, the necro pants or the the nabrock are made the same way. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the like the magic portion. Okay. <laughs> okay, that sounds magic enough to me. Right. But... Well, I mean I'm just saying so so in order to make the necro pants, I'm not I'm not even gonna tell you what it does until what? we're done. All right, all right. Until we're done. Okay. Talking about how to make them. Sure. Okay. So sure, let's sure. let's just start first things first. Mm. So you have to get permission from a living man to use his skin after his death. Okay. Now this was normally done by making a pact with someone. So okay. like you and I, Joe, could make a pact where once one of us were to pass away, mm-hmm. I would give you permission to take my necro pants, and you would give me permission to take your necro pants. Okay. All right. Yeah, that so, sounds, sounds right. good. So that's the first thing that we would do. Yeah, yeah. Has to be so this is like, permission all around. Like body worlds, but right. 19, or 1700s edition. Yeah. Uh, so after that person were to die, mm-hmm. uh, the other person would have to dig them up. Oh. And then he would have to flay the skin of the corpse mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the waist down in one piece mm. uh, from, from, the, from the waist. Now, here's the thing. You, you have to literally flay it completely 
intact. Yeah, yeah. You can't have uh, you can't Bits have and any pieces and right, chunks any falling holes. off. Now yeah. here's the thing: you're gonna have at least two holes. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? One in the front and one in the back. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know they're of well, varying can, sizes. Yeah, but to flay it off and you'd still have to sew it back up. Right. Yeah, yeah. But but I'm saying like you're not supposed to have any holes anywhere else. Okay. Gotcha. So you don't want to. You know you don't really you don't want to have time. To, Take yeah, your time. take your time. Yeah, take your time gotcha. with it. I mean, they're already dead. Yeah, so <laughs> not going anywhere. Now, once you're done doing that, uh, you're supposed to take said bridled skin, mm-hmm. uh, and then you pull it onto your onto your skin. onto your skin, right? Uh, making a new skin out of old skin. Okay, this is a Buffalo Bill moment. Right. Yeah. Just you front me, I front me, I front me so hard. Wait, was she a great big fat girl? <laughs> Right, right. Uh, yeah, so you're you're basically pulling those pants onto your skin, yeah, yeah. and then what you do, uh, you step into the pants. They will stick to your own skin. Yeah, because they're it's dead tissue. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, magically, they're oh. supposed to stick to your own skin. Oh, okay. Where do you put your chrom? Oh, in their chrom. What if they're small? No, 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 no. Just like. It, I look, man. You're gonna I'm have just to figure this logistics, all. Man. You're gonna have to figure that all out ahead of time. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, like I'm kind of a big dude. <laughs> so like, let. I mean, I'm saying like, I would really have to squeeze into your necro pants. <laughs> Stretch them out a bit. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it'd be thin. Yeah. So it'd so, be like those uh, skinny jeans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drain pipes. So, so once you have the skinny necro pants on, uh-huh. uh, the, here's the thing that I guess you would just wear other pants on top of it because you can't just walk around with your balls and some other dude's, dude's balls, you know what I mean? Or whatever. <laughs> Why not? You would have to put some more pants on. You can't just run you around. You put like more that. pants on? You're going to so, be hot as shit. Let me just say, there's a picture of this as I well. Know. Did you, have you seen the picture? Of the, the, the pants just hanging? Yeah. Yeah, we have. Okay, seen you've it. seen it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they have a pair of them. A replica pair of them yeah. inside of this museum, and you have mm-hmm. to see the picture. Mm-hmm. You need to look up Necro Pants if <laughs> sure. you're listening to this. Yeah. So okay, so then you have to go and you have to get a coin. Uh huh. And that coin has to be stolen from a poor widow. What? Yeah, that coin has to be stolen from a poor widow. Why can't it be like there's a no rich other asshole? No, no, no. There's no other way to do it. It has to be during her grief. Oh, that's great. Her period of grief, it has to be actually stolen from her. Oh, man. So then, once you're done with that, you're you're already in someone else's skin. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure whether those pants... They're, just, they're, they're becoming, like, more and more like dick pants. <laughs> just asshole pants. <laughs> dick and asshole pants. <laughs> great. So, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sure at this point whether the pants are magical or not yet. No, I think you're just an asshole. With, you're just wearing, like, a dead person's skin over on your, your skin. Yeah, and stealing shit from grieving ladies. Right. So then, uh, you have to actually have the magical sign or the staff, like you were talking about in, in your grimoire, eh? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and you have to write it on a piece of paper, okay. and it's called the Nabrokro Staffar. Okay. That's the my best translation. That's, I apologize sure. if we have Icelandic listeners. Mm-hmm. So you take and you have to write that, which, I, I mean, it looks like very similar to a lot of the other glyphs that you have in your book. Yeah, no, the runes, I mean, they're ancient runes, so they've right. been used for everything. It's so a writing have, style. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in there. Right. So you, you put that, you put that, you know, you have it on a little piece of paper. Uh-huh. You have your stolen coin. So what do you do with those things? Well, then you tuck them into the pants. Oh. And you drop that piece of paper and the coin into the scrotum 
of the necro pants. Oh, so it's, it's, a, it's literally a coin purse. It's a coin purse. <laughs> okay. It just kind of hangs in, hangs down there. Right. And from then on, I believe that the pants then become magical. Okay. Uh, and the the coin, the it, it jingles will, around in the purse. It just jingles around in the purse. And it will continue to make more coins, and you're, oh, you're so you can always reach into there, magic coins, and grab them? grab a coin and use it for whatever you need it for. Huh. You will have coins for the rest of your life. You just reach in there and pull them out of the scrotum. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh But you cannot do. You, there's two things that you can't do. First, you can never remove the original coin, and you cannot remove the staff. The, the, um, the paper the paper yeah. you have to leave them in the scrotum forever okay gotcha and then you can actually you can just pull out whatever coins that you need huh yeah interesting now magic so that's that's it that's the magic is that's that the you, magic. Just, you just have a never-ending supply of, of gold coins of gold coins right and a dead man's scrotum in a dead man's scrotum that, that you're you have now pulled over your, your scrotum, scrotum. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh, man, a ball now, glove. Now, Joe, here's the thing. Say you have yourself a pair of necro pants. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. You're currently wearing them. Like, oh, yeah. Like you do. They're real comfy. <laughs> and and you, you you know, at some point, you're, you know, you're not going to make it because we all don't make it out of this life. Yeah. And you want to pass those necro pants on to someone that you care about. Not my my future pants the ones i'm wearing currently right right okay not me being turned into necro pants no 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 but okay gotcha. say you're already wearing a pair yes yes, you know? yes yes and you want to hand that pair it's an heirloom now they're heirloom yeah. pants uh you can't just take them off what? because those pants can never come off oh did i not mention that wait you can't take the pants off so how do you wash your not night, not day they stick to you magically so like, how do you wash things you don't they're stuck inside the necro oh, pants. So your balls always smell like a dead man's yeah, balls. Yeah. I mean wow. that's that's it. You're 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 in there, but you're rich for life. Okay, I guess. So so say you want to you want to hand those necro pants off to someone else. Yes. There is a way to do it. However, hmm. this is this is the best thing. So you have to you remove one leg from the necro pants. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. The other person has to step into the necro pants. Oh okay. no. Then you can remove your other leg and then they can step into the other leg. And that's the only way that you can do it. They have huh. to be being worn by someone at all you know, times. At all times. Wow. So yeah. Wow. That is like keeps the, the magic intact. Keeps that the magic and, intact. That and keeping the tiny slip of paper and the coin in the scrotum. In the, in the yeah. Yeah. Wow. So worst game of three-legged race I've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Let's just hope you don't get disturbed while you're, you know, exchanging necro pants. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's, you're only supposed to do that like once in, you know what I mean? You pass them. Like, like, I can't think that they're just being passed around all the time. I mean, what if you accidentally, you know, you're, you haven't been doing your yoga, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. and you both just go down. Boom, like Necropants completely out of magic. Oh, that man. coin rolls out of the scrotum. And then you know what I mean? someone's gonna start all over again. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Mm, so and mm, that would mm. be that would be a, a shame. Yeah, truly. So Joe, that's uh that's literally the best a man can get. <laughs> Necropants right nice. there. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. So Joe, Chris, you wanna do some necropants with me? 
Uh, I thought we already made a bargain. Oh, are we, are we no, in? I thought that's what you were saying right. earlier. I mean, I have, I got it jotted down in my my thing. And let's uh, let's shake on it. <laughs> what, are we, what, are we, what are we shaking? I don't. I, I, I'm not sure. Because eventually, my boys are going to be with your boys, and one of us is going to have a lot of coinage. I, I can't, dude. I don't want to say this on radio. I can't this imagine radio, having Chris. Oh, this is the I, internet. I don't want to say this out loud. <laughs> I just don't, I don't like the idea of my scrotum being in your scrotum or your scrotum being inside of my scrotum. I don't think I don't like the idea of that idea. You know what, Joe? I'm not doing the necro pants. I can't. Sure? I can't. I don't think I can do it. All right. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it takes, I mean, it takes a lot of trust, Joe. It, I guess it does. I guess. Joe, I'll do it. I'll do it. You, now you're okay with I'm it. I'm okay with it. All right. I just had a crisis. I mean, I'm saying if one of us is going to die, one of us should get someone else's scrotum money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm going to start writing up the runes now. Okay. Good. All right. Good. All right. Let's shake on it. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can call our voicemail line. Leave us a message. 443 327 9673 on your touchtone phone that spells Hydasaur. On the Curioso.com website, on the left hand side, you can help support the show by clicking on our Amazon link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners and it'll make you feel good about yourself. as it's weird and fucked up yeah the experientialness of it of it like like zapping your face yeah it's kind of nice yeah yeah do you want it I'll, no I'm, i'll leave these with you i'm good man I, i've got some regular <laughs> i'm not a fan of the like blah, 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 that yeah. <laughs> but like i said maybe it's just because my fucking head's all screwy right now right I, yeah but i was sick when i started using them really yeah i don't know so it's, it's basically grim, ice. Grimoire. Grimoire. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I know. Do you remember that <laughs> fucking movie? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. <clears throat> it's, it's just. <laughs> I know. I don't, I, I'm like, it's like a nitrile glove over another glove. I, I just, oh, I don't understand it. Oh, my God. Oh. Just imagine it's like one of them little toad purses, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> like it's, on your toad it's, purse. It's a coin purse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to say anything else or you just want to leave it uh, off on that? Bit? Mm. Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. Satchel. All right. Well, let's leave it at that.